The Shady Hoosier Detective Agency Ghost-Busting Mystery Episode 26 Chapter 26 This is blackmail, I said. Extortion. Sexual exploitation. This here is a free dinner, said Boots. Shut your yapper and eat up, Ruby Jane. We were at the White River Boat and Gun Club. It was the annual Boy Scout fish fry, about as romantic as it got for weekend dates in Pawpaw County. Unless you got invited to the Stein Camp's Fall Pig Poke, Beer Garden, and Sauerkraut Extravaganza, or Ma and Peepaw Horton's annual Chicken Landia Barbecue Chicken Benefit. I wasn't complaining. At least, not about the food. Pard Beasley was wearing his triangular Boy Scout troop leader hat and bibbed barbecue apron. He was hand-dipping catfish fillets in a beer cornmeal batter and expertly tossing them into an oil barrel fry pit. The fire leapt and the pot sizzled. He had his walker fitted with a row of canvas pockets and hooks. He had different spatulas and seasoning jars dangling in close reach off the contraption. The air smelled like sweet fried fish and hush puppies. The air was damp enough for a sweater. Crickets chirped above the sizzle of the fryer. Puddles the wiener dog was under Pard's walker, catching hush puppy bits that fell his way. After a while, he was so tired of snapping at the air that he fell over. He was snoring in the sand under the fryer pit when Bet found him. (laughs) She scooped him up and tucked him into the cloth baby carrier she had strapped to her chest. Have some taters, said Boots. He spooned heaps of crisp tater tots and onions onto my paper plate and tossed on a couple of fat slabs of cornbread with butter pats. I did not resist. He grabbed a pair of Budweiser beers out of the ice tub and popped the tops while holding both cans in one of his big, hammy red hands. He offered me one fizzing can. We scooched onto a seat at a picnic table on the screened-in porch next to Harry. Harry was sitting alone with his hat pulled over his eyes, sulking. Melvin and the feds had confiscated Dode's money jars. We no longer had any retainer. We were out a few hundred dollars with no new cases in sight, and Candy had left him high and dry, taking his home stereo system, TV, microwave, and laptop computer. She'd also cleaned out his liquor cabinet, the good stuff anyway. He was left with little more than his mustache and a bottle of mad dog to suck on. Cheer up, I said to Harry. Not like candy was the love of your life. Maybe not, but she was good company. He sniffled a little, then chewed on the crisp tip of a battered fish. We're dead broke, you know. Yeah, well, we've been there before, 
something will turn up. What? Harry moaned. A missing herd of cats? Boots polished off his first fish sandwich and shoveled back a couple of spoonfuls of tater tots smothered in ketchup and fried onions. Y'all could go for the bail bounty. On candy? Gosh, no. On Darnell. Boots attacked a second sandwich, this one piled high with coleslaw and mustard. My mouth fell open. You want to tell us more about that? Oh, sure, he mumbled as he poked some loose cold slaw into the corner of his mouth. I tried to tell you all this, but you never returned my calls. I felt the heat rise in my cheeks. Darn it, Boots, I'm talking to you now. What's the deal with Darnell? He's the one who's been living in that gremlin. Stole it over in Washington County. No kidding. It's a crime, Ruby Jane. I don't kid about that. And just for the record, he's the one who stole Junior's Harley. Got a long record. Everything he touches sticks to him like toffee. Harry was sitting up now, fiddling with the rim of his hat. What's his bounty? Couple of thousand, if you bring him in over in Washington County. You'd let that happen? I asked. I'm not on quota here, Ruby Jane. Makes no difference to me who brings him in. But you'd have to find him. How you know he stole that gremlin in Junior's hog? Pooter. I picked him up and shook the spit out of him until he squealed. Don't know if Darnell is still in the county. The feds busting your seance probably spooked him. Why would he care about the seance and the feds? He didn't commit a federal crime. Not so sure about that. Give, I said. Boots drained his beer and went to get another one. When he got back, he told me that April, the coroner, had called him right before he picked me up for dinner. She got the results back from that skeleton and ran the DNA through the federal crime database. Turns out that skeleton, Alta Iona Aulis, matches a couple of Aulis guys doing time over in Missouri for murder and larceny. Not Randy Aulis. Nah, the skeletal DNA would probably match him, yeah, but he's never been arrested. We don't have him in the crime database. She did match someone else we know, though. Who? Your sticky-fingered house guest, Darnell Zykes. Darnell? Yep. He's Alta Iona's great-great-grandson. No doubt about it. I let that piece of news sink in. So... It's no accident that he showed up here and was hanging with me and Vini, asking about the mansion and all. I'm thinking not. Thinking he saw the news on the Squealer's website and moseyed over this way to see if he could get his hands on some kind of inheritance. Why would he do that? Boots shrugged. Want some cake? They got a carrot sheet cake. Bet Beasley made it. I'm having a hunk or two. Sure, I said. While Boots was off getting us cake, Vini strolled over to her table. She was drinking a big red pop out of the bottle with two straws. 
She was wearing a sleeveless lime green tunic and a really wide pair of polka dot culottes. She had on white patent leather go-go boots with purple tassels that she got off the widow Guthrie at the Lutheran community yard sale. The widow's oldest daughter, Ramona, had been a majorette for the Cornhuskers marching band back in the 70s. On a date, I see, she said. No, I said. N-O. This is a business dinner. Boots is filling me in on the mansion mystery. Dickie has the Impala fixed up. Said he'd bring it around tomorrow. Dickie waved at me from across the porch where he was in line at the buffet, loading two paper plates with fried fish and taters. I waved back. That Dickie's a keeper, I said. Men our age knew how to fix stuff, get things done. Men these days, not so much. My cell started jumping. It was doed, so I answered. Them ghosts are back. There are no ghosts, Dode. We told you Candy made all that up. She was trying to scare you, get money out of you. Nope, I got ghosts. I know what I'm looking at, Missy. Are they out under the apple trees again? Yup, like before. Got their big butt lights on. You want us to come on over? Course I do. They might give me the slip. I aim to catch them red-handed this time. You all park down the road in the tractor pull-off. Walk on up. I'll keep an eye on them until you get here. I got my rifle loaded, so if they try and give me the slip, I'll blow holes through them so big they'll think hell is the friendly place. <laughs>